Ladies and gentlemen, good day, <laughs> welcome and bienvenue, welcome to Write the Radio, it is I, your boy Bobby Dubs, I'm in the number one chair today, actually, actually man, I'm in the number one chair, but uh, I'm here as usual with Mr. Congeniality himself, Rob Manoff, <laughs> the light of Write the Radio. How am I Mr. Congeniality? We all know you're Mr. Personality. You're, you're a beacon of hope <laughs> on every show. I'm afraid to talk to people. <laughs> That's all a facade, people. Don't <laughs> let them mind you. But it is right the radio. <laughs> Bobby does. Rob Manoff. Matt is not with us. We will have a special guest and our uh, most common uh, guest, Vince Quinn. He'll be joining us a little later. But we are here. To discuss the news of the hour across our many different sports we cover at Last Out Media. The first thing we're going to get into is a little basketball because that's what's on everybody's mind. We're just few a few days past the malaise of the trade deadline and all the questions. Will we get this person? Will we get that person? We didn't get probably who we were looking for. Nah. But, we, but do yes. have, we do have some positive things. The Sixers have been able to stay afloat without their big man Joel Embiid. They're six and two, I believe. Right and Tony Bradley. And Tony Bradley. <laughs> Tony Bradley. And they've been playing well. They've been able to stay afloat. They've been able to actually increase their lead in the Eastern Conference. No, they didn't. Well, they were only a game up, and then they're, they were all the way up to two games at one point. Oh uh, yeah, they're back down to <laughs> they're at a half game above the Nets right now. <sighs> it's tough. But I do have to ask my man Rob Manoff, number one, was he surprised at how well they've played since uh, Joel went out? And number two, are you okay with the move they did make on the trade deadline, which was bringing in George Hill? So <clears throat> as far as how well they played, um, they they kind of got really <laughs> lucky, right? Like they went on this West Coast trip and they had to play you know, Golden State without Steph, who's basically their entire team. Like, Golden State without Steph Curry is uh, the dumbest team you could probably watch. <laughs> like, And then they run into the Lakers, who, without LeBron and AD, are legitimately the process Sixers. Like, they're bad. Um, I mean, that, that happens, though, when you lose your two stars. So, True. Um, am I surprised? Yeah, I'm a little surprised, especially, you know, before that, you know, the way Tony was playing and stuff. Um, but it's great. it's great to see – Guys like Ben and guys like Tobias step up um, and uh, hold the ground. And, and in the fact that like, you're going on this road trip now and the worst you can be is 500, which is incredible. Um, and that means they would have to lose to the Cavs and the Nuggets. So um, I'm not surprised, but I'm slightly surprised, if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. You can be... You can be slightly surprised, but not overly shocked at what they did, which is uh, makes sense. Yeah. But they did add a piece, and this weekend it looks like from your report that it would be the soonest we might be able to see not only Joel Embiid come back, but this new piece, George Hill, added to the mix. Do you believe that's a piece that can help them moving forward, that can make them – are they a better team now than they were a week ago? I guess is the best question. Um. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um. I mean, it sucks they have no bigs, like, trading Bradley. So, like, are they a better team tonight than they were a week ago? No. 
because Hill and Embiid aren't playing yet. Um, but going forward, yeah, they uh, Hill Hill brings this element to the game where he's a seasoned vet with playoff experience. Um, he can come in, he can control the game, he can control the ball, he can run with the second unit, and uh, he he he's a two way guy, right? So like yeah. he not only can he run point, and he's not going to create for you, he's not going to do what some other point guards will do to you, but he's he's stable, like he's good. And then at the end of the game. If you want to play, you don't have to play offense, defense. So you you can play Hill in there instead of Seth. Sorry, Seth. And you don't have to keep subbing in and out, you know. Um, you can have Hill run, you know, both both offense and defenses. And it just gives them an extra, you know, guard slash wing that can, can defend. Um, maybe Hill can come in and, you know, bother Kyrie a little bit or something. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, Kyrie... When he plays, he's been playing out of his mind. But um, I think it was a great addition. Uh, if you ask a lot of people before the Lowry news came out, because, like, everybody wanted George Hill in the beginning of the season, for the most part. If you would have asked most people, they said, hey, if we add George Hill to this team, would you guys be happy? And everybody's like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, that's that's the bench piece we need. Um, no one, I don't think, expected the Raptors to be that bad and expected Lowry to be on the block. So I think that's where, like, I've seen some disappointment was, you know, if Lowry's not available, pretend that he never was available, and then they make the move for George Hill at the deadline, and everybody's thrilled. Yeah, then it doesn't it's seem let, so bad. It's the letdown of not getting Kyle. Yeah. Um, and I was there, too. Like, I, I really wanted Kyle, but uh, by all accounts, their asking price was absolutely oh, it was, insane. It was insane. It was absurd. I mean, nobody's giving you that for a 35-year-old guard who's only going to be here for the rest of the season, maybe. We're going to have to resign. More, I think Maury said it, too, without actually setting it, saying it. He was on a podcast with, uh, I think it was John Clark. I don't know. He did a bunch of interviews afterwards, and he basically just said, yeah, that was La La Land, meaning like the Toronto Raptors <laughs> were in La La Land. They were out of their freaking minds. That's what he meant to say. Yeah. That was not happening. There's no way in the world that that's happening. And I was I was pretty outspoken. I don't know what they were looking for in Farb's picks. I don't really care that much, as much as other people per se. But um, for this year, I didn't want to lose Matisse and Green. Yeah. I think if you lose those two and gain Lowry, um, you, you, the, the addition plus the subtraction – doesn't really make you that much better, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And to me, I think if you lose pieces like a Matisse and a Danny Green, who also plays both sides of the ball, I think you lose a bit of that defensive tenacity and toughness and yeah. identity that kind of makes your team. Like, you're known as a team that, yeah, you can ball out offensively with a, with a Joel Embiid, but also they can lock down defenders on the perimeter and uh, shorten games and make games like not as tight. Like I'm loving when I see a Sixers game deep in the fourth quarter and neither team has a hundred points. Yeah, I mean we've gotten used to that. We're getting back to that defensive mentality and that being like kind of our cornerstone with uh, Doc Rivers and the way he's doing stuff. So yeah, I would hate to mess with that whole defensive core they kind of have. They'll, they'll also score better when Joel gets back. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I I thought about it afterwards, and if you have, you know. If, if the if the deal really was Green, Thibault, and Maxi, well, Green probably would have went somewhere else. They would have traded him for a first round pick. And the pick would have went to Toronto. But if you lose Green, Thibault, and then Maxi, um, and you add Kyle Lowry, 
you got to ask yourself, who, what's the better team? Is it Kyle without Green and Thibault, or is it Hill with Green and Thibault? Um, and in my opinion, it's the it's the latter. Um, yeah. Kyle's great. He he's thirty five. He can still play at a high level. Um, but I, I like the depth, the chemistry. I like the defensive ability of Green and and uh, Matisse. And Green's been balling too. Like Green shooting has helped so much, uh, especially over this stretch. So personally, I think they made the right move. Yeah, I think they made the right move too. And it's not just the chemistry of the team, but you also look at trying to maintain this core you have for a long time, and you don't do that by adding uh, guys that you're going to maybe have to give crazy money to. He was looking for like a two-year extension for $50 million. I'm not giving that to a 35-year-old uh, point guard. I would have. He's out of his mind. I would have. You would have gave it to him? Yeah, so I don't, I don't really care about what the Sixers pay anybody anymore. Um, they're a tax team. Um, they're probably going to be only have the tax MLE next year anyway. Uh, and I think Kyle's game will actually age better than what some people think. I think his game will age kind of like we see CP3 aging just because he, he doesn't rely on athleticism or he's not necessarily the quickest small guard. So when you look at guys like IT, uh, Isaiah Thomas, you look at guys like AI, they relied so much on their athleticism that once it started to go, it's when they couldn't compete anymore. Yeah. Kyle's smart, man. The, the guy knows basketball, and he can run. You, you know, you didn't need five years ago with Kyle Lowry. You needed what he is now, a veteran guard to come in. And uh, quite frankly, I don't care what the owners paying the tax. They're over the they're over the salary cap anyway. So yeah. if they wanted to give Kyle two twenty five, whatever. It's, it's, it's funny that you brought up the salary cap as we were talking about earlier. Matt Marite, who is not with us, did nominate <laughs> Commissioner Adam Silver for the Rat Bastard of the Week Award because he doesn't like the way the salary cap is structured, the way that it's a soft cap, but there's also a whole bunch of rules and regulations that kind of curtail teams from either building or getting stronger. You got teams that, you know, with the salary cap, the way it works, the way the CBA works, you got a guy that can be, you know, convinced to stay a place because he's going to get more if he stays and if he leaves and things like that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not an Adam Silver fan by any means. <laughs> But I don't know what Matt is talking about. I don't think Adam Silver has anything to do with the CBA. That's that's a discussion between like the the league owners and the what you call it. Like he didn't create it, and the players association. Like he didn't create it. So, and we also don't know why Matt doesn't like the CBA or Adam Silver because of that right now. Um, he sent it in the group chat and never actually explained why. Exactly. He just he went on a rant and we're like, okay, you don't like Adam Silver. You got it. We'll put that but in yes. there for you. But I have another question because <laughs> sure. I think – did I miss last week? I don't remember. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did the last show. Are we, we're, doing, we're doing Rat Bastard of the Week now? Yes, Rat Bastard of the Week is a thing. I'm not involved in that. We're, we're, we're hoping to get a sponsor. If I'm not you want, If you want to sponsor Rat I don't Bastard do, of no, the no, Week. No, no, no. <laughs> right there. I don't do Rat Bastard of the Week, Crumb of the Days. I don't, I don't do them, those bits, all right? <laughs> yeah. like, so you and Matt, you and Matt can handle uh, yeah. podcaster. We got you, you. You and Matt can handle that. I do a different kind of radio. Uh, all right, uh, well, I don't me. do that kind of stuff. Over there setting trends. I got you. <laughs> don't worry about it. But, <laughs> but if you if you like that kind of thing out there in in podcast land, feel free to stop by Right Radio Pod on 
Twitter and give us your nominee for Red Bastard of the Week. Yeah, and, and add us. We follow back. Yes, we do follow back. Um, but yes. maybe <laughs> maybe I'll play, but I doubt it. <laughs> but moving right along, like we all in, uh, we're in the field of transactions. The spring usually brings about in many leagues a lot of different transactions. We just went through the trade deadline in the NBA. We also had a little free agency period in the NFL. Still open, you know. Teams can still sign players, and the Eagles did not. Wow, anybody <laughs> with any pick. Most of it was one, two-year type deals. Uh, they were able to extend some guys they already had for another year or so, like Brandon Graham and others. They brought in uh, a lot of defensive back help. They brought in a pair of safeties. Um, but do you was there anybody that you thought they might have been able to finagle something? Like you saw Juju Smith-Schuster still just re-signed to Pittsburgh for one year. And that was a guy who reportedly was offered more here than he was there and decided to just go back to Pittsburgh with dead arm Ben Roethlisberger. That's a story for another day. <laughs> so was there anybody in particular that you were like, hey, they, they kind of got that guy if he was just signing a one-year deal? Like, Not that they had $10 million to give to T.Y. Hilton, but was there anybody that you thought, hey, if they're going to give one-year deal, you can get this guy on a one-year no. deal? Nobody. No. Nobody. I mean, I don't. I, dude, to tell you the truth, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't follow NFL free agency that closely. Um, there was a lot going on in my life uh, and the NBA that I kind of focused on, but I just assumed the Eagles were going to get a bunch of guys who, like, were high draft picks that didn't necessarily pan out that need a prove it year or guys coming off an injury or something like that. I, I didn't think. Um, even with them being able to restructure and get under the cap, I didn't think they were going to be able to do anything crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I didn't think they were going to do anything crazy either because I still think they're strapped for cash. So that was just like, I, I'm not looking for them to blow me away with any mm-hmm. crazy big deal. But like, I was just saying, like, if they could finagle one of those type guys, if you got one of those receivers that needs to prove a deal, even right now, if you're going to ask me, and people will probably think it's crazy, again, you can hit us up on Twitter if you think it's crazy. But I'd throw something at uh, Antonio Brown. I mean, what, what is he doing right now? He just, won a, he just won a Super Bowl. He was only on a one-year deal. The deal expired at the end of the season, and he hasn't yet to re-sign with Tampa Bay. Really? Uh, although I know, you know Tom would love to have him back. I wouldn't mind throwing Antonio Brown out there just to put butts in the seat. You get, even in this crazy pandemic world, you get people to buy tickets to see that guy. What about Emmanuel Sanders? Did he get signed? I don't. I know he did get released he by got released. New Orleans. Yeah, but I, I think he did resign somewhere else. Oh, okay. Again, that was another guy who took a one year deal. Just I think him. Um, who else were they talking about getting? He went to the Giants though, but he got paid. Oh yeah, the guy from uh, Detroit. Oh yeah, um, Galladay. Yeah. Sanders on the Bills. He's on the Bills. <laughs> He's on the Bills. Thank you. Oh. Thank you, Taylor. Are you sure? Yeah. Who did the Giants sign? Oh, Galladay went to the Giants. Uh, he's like Emmanuel Sanders went to the Bills. Oh, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Ah, got you. Yeah, so he went to the Bills. So that's another weapon for Josh Allen, who also has a new backup quarterback, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> that That's a way to admit you failed when you just send him – to the North Dam Pole of football, <laughs> be like, hey, you you deal with that, and then you strap your wagon to Andy Dalton, which should be hilarious. I'm waiting to see the Bears. The Eagles have a new. The Eagles have a new backup too. Yeah, 
True. Joe Flacco. Super Joe Flacco. That, that might have been the name of all the pickups they had during the free agency period was <laughs> Super Bowl and former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. Let's not forget that. But I, it, it does worry me. And I'll ask you if it worries you because of his past and being put in that role where he's like the older guy, the backup guy who can maybe nurture a younger guy and give him some tips and pointers. And he seems to be the most standoffish dude ever in that aspect. Like that's not his thing. He went to, uh, where was it? in Denver. Denver. That wasn't his thing. And at the jet step wasn't his thing. Like he wasn't trying to bring Darnold along or anything like that. But to you, do you think that, He's somebody that could help Jalen Hurts in any way, shape, or form. Or is it like Jalen, go out there and do what you do, and don't even worry about the dude behind you? Um, well, I think I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say like, yeah, I know Flacco. Like, this is how he is. I'm not gonna say he changed. Like, he hasn't changed. Whatever. He could. He could be getting older and saying like, you know what? Maybe now it's time to happen. I don't know anything about him. Um, but it's good. Um. If Jalen's the type of guy that like people say he is, to have a little competition behind him, to put a little fi- a little more fire under his ass, it can't it can't hurt, right? Yeah, no, it can't hurt at all, especially if. And look, if Hurts gets beat out by fucking old ass <laughs> Flacco, <laughs> like he deserves to not be played. Uh, then we have to admit maybe maybe Hurts ain't it. Then you know, and, like, and, and from reports, what we're hearing is maybe. That Howie thinks Hurts might not have been it. Like they don't get me to, started. They wanted to trade up apparently to get Matt Jones, and now and that didn't work. Even though they moved their pick down because you know they couldn't get the pick they wanted. Don't get me started. Just <laughs> don't don't well, like I, don't. unleash because I, I don't understand it at all. Like none of it makes they sense. They want all the picks. I get that you could have three first round picks next. Next season, because of the Carson went straight, and we'll get the Carson and his nonsense. They got everybody pissed off later. They're drafting a quarterback next year. Like that's the thing that I yeah, see right now. If, if they wanted to move up this year, and they couldn't, now they have three first round picks next year to move up next year. Like what the hell? You, why'd you take Hurts in the first place if you're just going to draft another quarterback? Because Quarterback factory, bro. It's not. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, you know what? You're right. It is a factory because that was the dumbest fucking name ever. Sorry for cursing. All factories do is build shit and then ship it out, which is essentially what the Eagles look like they're doing exactly. now. Exactly. So it makes sense. There's not a research and development company. You aren't like a quarterback factory. All you do is fucking. Uh, I'm done. Where's Vince at? <laughs> He should be here shortly, but yeah, it is absolutely crazy. But we did kind of mention Carson Wentz and how they're they getting a trade because of Carson Wentz, but he did make the news in a bad way because he spoke about how he's getting used to Indianapolis, but also mentioned that he enjoys the fact that the culture in, in, in yeah. Indy is a little more to his liking than when he was in Philadelphia. A lot of people took that the wrong way. I mean, to the ultimate extreme, like, they were saying, oh, my God, like, what do you mean? Does he don't like black people? Is he when he black people? I'm like, he didn't say that. that like, I mean, that didn't come out of his mouth, and that's not what he meant. I could see. There's black people in Indianapolis. Exactly. <laughs> and, and culture is more than just... Like the people is, you know, it's a big city. It's an urban environment. I'm pretty sure a guy that doesn't curse is going to be feeling a little awkward if he's in a locker room and they're playing Meek Mill's Dreams and Nightmares. That's not his thing, probably. They're still going to play that in Indy. Like, (laughs) the guys from Indy 
the guys on the team, they're not they could be from the city too. Like they're not like uh um hey it's Vince. Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> Just like the Twitter handle. But it's Vince go in, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, so I kinda <laughs> I actually kinda get it, right? Like because you got to kind of read the room a little bit, right? So the environment we're in, the, the amount of publicity out there, it, it, and there's certain people, especially when they're put on a certain platform, that need to kind of watch their words because you know they're going to get twisted. It, it, it did himself, I didn't he take, did himself no favors. I didn't take it that way. Like, when I say culture, when I hear culture, I don't think race. So like, um, And look, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an aficionado on race. Like... <laughs> I'm not right, but like, get out of here. I, I think there's you can look and you can even look within race and you can look, you can go down south and see white southerners and then black southerners and then compare them to white, you know, that's culture, right? Yeah. That's not like I didn't read it that way, but in the world we live in, what's our country about? Uh, the virus, politics, and race, like, that's what our brains go to think. Yeah. So Maybe he could have minced his words a little better. Maybe I'm anxious. Not. I'm anxious to know what Vince feels because we were talking about Carson Wentz saying that he he digs the the culture. It's more uh, aesthetically pleasing to him in Indy than the culture was here in Philadelphia and how he got jumped on and people made it a race thing and uh, he didn't like the city because it's so black or something like that. Which I didn't get that at all. I think it's just it's an urban thing from a. I mean. In the middle of nowhere, country bumpkin type yeah. Midwest guy, you cannot put him in a big city. I, I made the that, reference on Twitter. You cannot stick Ned Flanders in the middle of North Philly. It's not going to well, happen. <laughs> That's not going to work. You're going to have some issues there. There's going to be a culture shock, and I don't blame him for having that if that's the case. Well, yeah, I, I'll say this. I didn't think there was anything racist about it whatsoever. I, I didn't see that, but holy shit. I think that's totally <laughs> off the point. People are out of their minds. But if you're going to figure out what he's trying to say with culture, I mean, let's be honest. We talked about it as soon as he got drafted. Is he a guy that fits in Philly or is he not? Because he is in North Dakota. He is hunting all the time. The amount of hay that was made when he gave out rifles to his offensive linemen, they were all consenting adults. Exactly. They all had those guns. They're in the middle of nowhere. And it was like, oh, my God, can he do that? Should he do that? Like, he bought them legal guns, and it's up to them to do what they want. His hunting show and all the fussing about that. That he got here. It's not Philly culture. It's just no, not. It's not. So he wanted to live like out in a space where his property was apparently. I mean, I've just heard this a bunch, so I guess it's true. Where his property was big enough that he could hunt on his own property. Yeah, he wanted that. He could do that in Indy. If he's got space out there, yes, that's his culture. It is part of it. The country vibe is some of it uh, political as well, like Rob's saying. I, absolutely. I think you tie all of those things together. But yeah, to make it simply about race or anything like that is, is just completely ridiculous. And so I got what he was saying. I mean, it, it just confirmed everything that we've really thought to some degree all along. It just it was not easy for him to line up here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't like, I, like you said. Go ahead, I, man. The the thing is, with Carson. So I I won't sit here and say anybody believes anything about race, dude. He's got to be smarter than to say something that, in his mind, publicly put out something that has any type of racial intended. Like, I don't think he intended it at all because he's not stupid enough to say that out loud. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he was never thinking, like, damn, I need to get away from black people. I think he was saying, damn, I need to get away from these crazy people on the radio. 
right? No offense, Vince. <laughs> no, I, I take it all personally. But yeah, like that's here's the other thing too is everywhere he goes, it's a mostly black league. Like, oh, it's NFL, yeah, right? Yeah, it's 75% black. What, yeah, unless he's deciding, like, hey, you know, this is my culture. I'm going to go play hockey. Then, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like his teammates are black. His friends are black. Like, it just, I, I don't know, man. I, it's just totally crazy to me. Yeah, I, I, and we're in a we're in an outrage culture where thing people just want to get angry about everything, and everything's got to have an extra level or an extra story to it. When really most of it is clear as day, right in front of you, and it is what it is. Drives like, me insane. Yeah, crazy. Now, everybody thinks everybody has an ulterior motive, and it's just crazy. Yeah, people, once in a while, people say things, and you can go, okay, like they're talking around something yeah. or whatever. You can you can make inferences as a reasonable person from some stuff, but yeah, there's some level, and it's and social media does make it way worse. Because just random people have a podcast, and now they say whatever the hell they want. It looks like no they're offense, an authority. <laughs> <laughs> None taken. Yeah. No, but it, I mean, seriously, it's just it, it gets so out of whack so quickly. It's it's nuts. Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy. But to switch gears, and you know, I don't know. Vince mentioned hockey. I don't know if it's the culture. I don't know if it's the roster. But I need to know why the Flyers stink. I mean, they had a stretch where they lost five of the last six games. They did pick up a win uh, just the other night, but it's been rough sledding. There's been multiple games where they've allowed eight-plus goals. It just looks like bad hockey, and I need to know, is this a team that's salvageable? Can they turn a corner? Can they somehow well, rebound and make the playoffs? Apparently, they thought Ghost was part of the problem. Yeah, I saw <laughs> that. They <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys take that. I haven't watched a hockey game in six years. Yeah, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen much of the Flyers. But the thing that I find so interesting about to your question of what's salvageable, one, they're supposed to have a lot of young talent on this roster, and that includes Carter Hart. He's been playing awful hockey. So A V just trashed him the other day. So none of that is good. None of that's really encouraging. But he is incredibly young and incredibly talented, and he has shown you things. You look at all these other young guys. I mean, the fact that Couturier is like 26. You know, he's been yeah. in the league since 1945. Like, it's amazing what, what he is. But he's a young player you can build around. Connecting is supposed to be a young guy you can build around. Provorov, there's enough things there. So to see the turnaround that A.V. brought that team from when he comes in and how quickly they, they go and they shoot up and we get all super excited about it, to see it just completely deteriorate. This is the kind of thing you expect to see if a coach comes to a team that doesn't fit the system. Yeah. But these guys were good for the system, and it seemed to get the most out of them. So when everything falls apart like this, you do have to question everything, and my hockey brain goes, okay, maybe it is the coach. Like, maybe hockey coaches burn out quick. Maybe it's just we had one year where he lit the guy's fire, and they were all excited. He doesn't have it anymore. I don't know. I don't know. So I can relay what I think I hear um, at work. I listen to the radio a lot. Um but apparently they lost a defenseman who people are now claiming he should be the defensive player of the year. Matt Niskanen. Because yeah. apparently they lose him and everything falls apart. Um, uh, there's that. I mean, Carter Hart, from all accounts, just seems like he is in the shit out of NHL, <laughs> right? Like, um, He's a basket case. Well, on a related note, right? They're talking about a sports psychologist. I, that was an article that just came out like yesterday. He's so. not seeing one? He was seeing one, and now he's split up from that person. I don't know what that would be. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get too deep into that, but there is something interesting about that. Because apparently he, like, 
way back to when he was young. Like his parents um, had him going to one, like from the very beginning. Mm. Which is funny because I thought about it last night because I watched the new Mighty Duck show, which (laughs) I I completely would not recommend. It's awful. It's awful. Crushed me. I was right there, like, oh, Mighty Duck show. I watched. First of all, first of all, let's just say I wasn't good at paying attention last night. Um, I thought it was a movie, so I can't see my. So when I lay in bed, first I can't. When I lay in bed, I can't see the screen. I can see things, but I can't actually read without my glasses, and I don't wear them. Yeah. Yeah. So I just saw Muddy Ducks on Disney Plus. I'm like, I'm gonna watch that, and I just clicked the button a couple times, thinking it was a movie, and turns out it was a show. And uh, <laughs> Rob has no patience for a sixty-year-old Emilio Estevez. Nah, I, I really don't, man. Like, I don't know. I got bored. I turned it off and watched going in sixty seconds. Well, is it one of those things where they were just like, "Here's all it, the old it, former players," and it's like it's all their kids, or no? no they, it was just like a totally so new slate. Not, I won't. I won't. You could ruin it. Ahead. I'm already not watching <laughs> yeah, it you now. The show's basically so, dog shit. You can so spoil it. The yeah. Muddy Ducks are basically the Sharks now. Uh, they are the team, and they. The reason I thought about this was because all the kids have like sports psychiatrists. They're, they're twelve and fourteen year olds. They sports psychiatrists. Like the one kid's mom brings two personal trainers to the hockey practice. Um, the coach is like a real big dick or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the one kid he ends up getting cut from the, the Ducks. He's the only one that gets cut. And the the coach is a real dick about it. Like, <laughs> dude, he's like, kid, you suck. You're not playing anymore or something. Like, <laughs> like shit that would just yeah, never right. shit that would just never happen, wow. right? So then participation the mom, culture. So the mom, That's right. Tell him he stinks. So the, so the mom's like, Oh yeah, don't worry, son. We'll get you another team, right? So then they go around collecting all these kids who never played hockey before. And like it's not even like the ducks. Remember the mighty ducks? Like they they kind of played hockey. Yeah. Like you know, like the one kid moves from like Toronto or something. And he has all this hockey gear and he can't skate, right? And oh, then, man. and then it goes in and then they join the league. So it's six of these kids, six, only six of them, joining this twelve and fourteen like upper echelon AAU type league. <laughs> oh, and awful. so they they all they need is a coach and uh, ice time. Well. I guess in the area they can't find the ice time because all the ice rinks are so she finds this random ice rink, right? Random. Like in the middle of nowhere. She walks in, she's walking around, she's like, Oh, this is awesome. There's a Zamboni blown up on the end or whatever. And the guy fixing it starts yelling at her. And it's it's uh what's we call it? Gordon Bombay. Gordon Bombay. <laughs> it's actually Gordon Bombay. Like oh, legitimately wow. him. You know, just older. The Minnesota Miracle Man. Yeah. And uh he's like he hates hockey. So he hates hockey, of oh, course. He hates kids, blah, 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 blah. But his oh, his ice troop. rink is falling. Like, first of all, a professional hockey player owns an ice rink in your town and you don't know about it. Exactly. And, the, and the, the biggest ice hockey rink, like, come on. But, uh, <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> so he ends up, like, letting her go because she paid, she got money through the state for the team, like grants or whatever. So he pays his bills, whatever. And at the end of the first episode, he gives, like, the mom and the kid both, like, a speech. Like, hey, you guys need to do better, blah, 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 or some crap like that. And uh, you know he's going to end up coaching yeah. the kids. Yeah. Like, and it's just. The ragtag may- man of misfits. Maybe, like, maybe the original Mighty Ducks were this unbelievable, too. Um, and we were just young. But uh, it's bad. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some level of goofiness to all of it, right? Oh, like, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, but I mean, I'm trying to think of some of those people. Like, you had the kid from the West who was like lassoing motherfuckers on the yeah, ice. You remember yeah. that? Like, he was just like, yeah, like all the time. Dwayne, like, I don't his know. name was Dwayne. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what's going on with this guy. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, Luis Mendoza, the speed skater who couldn't stop. Yeah, my mom. Fast but couldn't stop. My buddy's sister went on a date with her. <laughs> like, back then, too. Like, when they were young. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's dope. How'd it go? <laughs> I don't know. They didn't end up together. Oh, well, that's a shame. <laughs> I, had a, I worked with a guy who uh, dated, that's going to be a nice way of saying, he dated uh, Joe Flacco's wife, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> that's, okay, well, now that's there. Is he an Eagles fan? <laughs> I don't know. That's because that's a I'm big sure question he is. I'm sure he is. So uh, I haven't talked to him in a while. He, he was in the military with me, and I actually, when the Eagles signed Flacco, I texted him that day. Yeah. I said, yo, what up? You know, the Eagles signed Flacco or whatever. And, uh, but like, they weren't, like, Flacco, he's from Audubon, so Flacco wasn't together. Flacco's wife went to high school there, high school sweethearts. Yeah. He had just banged her before, or dated, <laughs> dated her before that. Sorry. We can we, we got it. <laughs> See, once in a while, you can read into things exactly. that somebody's saying, and you know what happened. So exactly. there you go. Exactly. Yeah, so that's my Flacco story. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> I can't say I ever dated anybody famous. Never, nah. never like hooked up with anybody famous. Nothing like that. Yeah, I, me I, either. Never sniff. You I know? had a girl. <laughs> I had a girl cheat on me with Jason Derulo. Oh wow! Wow! Derulo? Yeah. Damn. You guys didn't know that? Like I have a yeah, sustained you, you are, hatred for Jason you, you Derulo. Are, no. You, you, yeah. you, you've told me you're lengthy. I can't go into it too deep. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I she ain't gonna listen to. to this, but what you do? I dated an Eagles cheerleader for a while. Oh. And then. She performed with him, and I'm pretty sure they hooked up. And then she and performed he also, with him again. That's yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I, we almost fought him one time in AC, too. Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So is Derulo a local guy? No, no. We were, we were. Um, oh. it was like the Thanksgiving Day Parade. They had him performing or whatever. But okay. then he was, uh, he did like a concert or like a performance at Club Murmur on Monday Night Murmurs. Mm. And um, he went back with my buddy's sister to like. His room, he was kind of a dick. And uh, we were drunk and, and, and some stuff. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I think my friends were getting pretty hyped trying to fight him. It was a long, it was a real, real long story, whatever. I just don't like the guy. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Plus, it's, when he opens his song, Jason Derulo, I hate it. it fucking yeah. voice shit out of me. <laughs> you, you should just steal it and start going, man, off. And, and like just steal his bit and and then really get back at him. No, I'm not a stealer of bits. We already been through this. Exactly. We don't want no beef. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember where we were. My bad. I can ramble. No, like we weren't talking about the Flyers and the Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah, and, Flyers. Yeah, we were you know, on a hockey sports team. psychiatrist. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's all bad hockey. Um, but y you look at for the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, I the fact that I watched a game like I, I want to say it was last. Thursday or something. They were playing the Rangers, I believe. I sat down. I was at a place like outside having a couple of beers. Sat down. I go, oh, Flyers game's on. I look away, look back, goal. Look away, look back, another goal. It's, it's just like, it's crazy that a team can so consistently give up that many goals. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you give up a few here and there. You have a bad game. It's a bad team here and there. But the level of just outrageously awful blowouts that they've suffered is just... I mean, it's shocking for this franchise and for AV and for what they accomplished. Like this is, it's really stunning By how far we've fallen. <laughs> I In saw a year. I saw a still photo on Twitter. 
It's uh, the Flyers, and it kind of looks like, you know how everybody spreads the still photos of Ben Simmons when he's at the three and everyone's yeah. jam-packed in the thing? It's literally that, but on the ice, and every Flyer is just surrounding the goalie so he can't see, and there's three, I guess it was the Sabres, there's three of them all like around, and one guy's about to shoot the puck, and like you can look, and like the goalie can't see because there's six guys in front of him. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, that was one of those things, like you have those theories where it's like, oh, let's just get the fattest guy possible and put him in net, and like nobody will ever get a puck past a sumo wrestler. Well, it, they were basically like, well, let's just combine into the Megazord, yeah. and all six of us, arm in arm, if we just crouch in front of the net, we'll block the shot. Like, I, I, I saw it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, and that's another thing. Mighty Ducks goalie is this big, big kid, I guess. I guess he's going to be the goalie. But uh, they didn't know the kid. All they did was play NHL online with him, and he was really, really good at that. So they decided to go find him. Oh, wow. But he, and he ends up being in their school, and the kid has, like, all the kid does is play video games. Like, his whole life, is, and he has the most cat-like reflexes ever. And you're like, no. No. Like, somebody, thro- somebody throws, like, food at him or something in the cafeteria, and he's like this. And you're like... No way, dude. You sit in front of a TV all day. Get out of here. There is something to be said for the reflexes, no. though. Yeah, if you oh, come on. Not like no, that. Top level video gaming, man. There's no, no, no. Said for You're it. correct. Those guys are crazy. Not like this is different. You do need yeah. this, this dude. Yo, this you know, if you never called a baseball level. before, you're not going like that out there. Like, <laughs> okay. It's different. It's, different. It, it's a little different. It's a little I'm, not, different. I'm not hating on video. I think those top level gamers, they're, they're insane. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Man. Yeah, he I'm not hating on like, them. I just it's just different. Said he, said he was like Lisa Simpson when she played hockey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, Heads up, little girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she catches it in midair while she's talking to Barton. She catches the fucking one in. Oh, out of here. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Oh man, but from bad TV and bad hockey to some semi-good basketball, is this the craziest tournament? We've ever seen as far as the NCAA tournament. I mean, we've got the the Oral Roberts of the world yep. and Loyola Chicago and the crazy nun. I mean, no I, Duke, no you know, Duke. like we crazy. talked about last no time Duke I was on. Out. Yeah, uh, so and, I haven't. And it seems like it's thinned out though. Like you get to the end, and I believe like there's either two or three number ones and like a number four. So. And that's, yeah, that's hey, three number ones. That's so. always how it so goes, like it, right? It out after all the nonsense and craziness. That's the thing. It's like, um, it's like a sequel to the movie that it's like, you know, the fifth time they've made the land before time. They made like 14 <laughs> of them. I imagine most of the endings are basically the same, but how yeah. you get to that same ending <laughs> is what's different. And so like Oral Roberts uh, in their game, there was a stat that there's never been a 15 seed that's made it to the Sweet 16. Yeah. So, like, that's not surprising, right? It's no. like, okay, yeah, they won a couple of games or they won a game, and it's like, that's that's all well and good, but, okay, you're not getting to the Elite Eight. Like, it's just exactly. not happening. It's not so, happen. yeah, it's nice to get the excitement. It's nice to get a tw- Twitter feed full of oral jokes because that's mm. always fun. Yeah, for, uh, for a second there, I was <laughs> contemplating changing my Twitter handle to just Oral Rob. Yeah, but, you know, that, that would have been, been hilarious, by the way. Bobby Dubs, a.k.a. Oral Rob. Oral Rob would be so funny, but. I still think you do it. Yeah, <laughs> I did it for a minute. Then you know. <laughs> I start getting all you know sorts of crazy DMs. Uh, to piggyback, well, yeah, that's a deal if you want those. To piggyback that. off that too, I just saw it today. Uh, the Baylor head coach is coaching against his dad in the Final Four. Well, whoever they're playing, hold on, I'll find out. Damn. Yeah, I thought it was pretty yeah, cool. That's 
Well, that's the thing too. Like uh, I Baylor, don't like so, Jim. Baylor. Oh no, he's an assi- I'm sorry, he's an assistant coach. Okay. So Baylor's men's assistant coach Alvin Brooks the third gets to coach against his dad Alvin Brooks when the Cougars and the Bears meet oh, yeah, in the final four. That's pretty cool. I thought that was pretty, that's a cool storyline. Yeah, because yeah. like I hate Jim Beheim. I I'm not a fan. Not a fan of him. Not a fan of Syracuse. But him and his kid like going far in the tournament. It's like okay, yeah. that's kind of cool. You know, you you got to give it to him here and there. I also can we talk about the NCAA for a minute? NCAA for a minute. Sure. Like, all right. So let's just put this past the the quality thing. All right, because we all we all probably agree that everything should be good. Girls, men, sports, and whatever. The audacity. Of the NCAA to do, they put the male weight room oh, next to the shitty the female weight room. Not even it's not even the fact that they disrespected the girls, which is fucking obnoxious. It's the fact that they knew like everyone has a fucking camera. Exactly, you're How going. It's going to get, get out? put out there. Like, like you didn't even try. Like you don't care that much to even like uh, a PR stunt. Like. All you had to do is like, like your image, like literally, like the Phillies are at least smart. They might have sent a double down because they didn't want the likeness or something on opening day. Like, be smart about what you're putting out. Like, dude. Yeah. Well, that was crazy because the, the thing that really bothered me with all of that is if you're going to compare the men's and women's tournaments and what the players are getting relative, like there is something to be said for revenue and the level of sponsorships yeah. and okay, these guys are getting eight things of deodorant and they're getting two and whatever. Like there, there is some discrepancy there. Some of it is what it is. But when you're not supplying a weight room to athletes in a sustained environment where you're staying at a hotel, like that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's I mean, absurd. That's just like, I, I thought feasance. what the video that girl sent out, like that's more disrespectful than saying, no weight room. What I get, exactly. I get eight, this, I get the, 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 the weight. Like that weight set came with my wife's Peloton, <laughs> yeah. fucking for two grand. Like, what, what's the NCAA doing here? <laughs> Small weights in a yoga mat. Is yeah, all that's I saw. it. All they got. What the hell is that? Like, that's and not even remotely close to what you need. Yeah. Like, Why can't they lift out, lift together too? Why are they separated? Does anybody know? Why are they separating like men's and men's and women's? women's? At school, they lived in the same gym, right? Yeah, I I don't know what that's about. It might just be scheduling. Maybe just schedule. the amount yeah, of yeah, teams yeah. that you've got. It's just easier maybe to separate it, the tournaments. Maybe I guess it's a COVID thing too. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, just trying to limit it a little bit. I mean, not that but, not that that matters. But like, and you didn't even like, <laughs> they didn't even like space it out. Like, don't let the women see the answers. Like the girl was literally like. This is ours. This is theirs. And it's like, you guys don't care what people think, I guess. Yeah, well, they just don't care about the women's tournament. And, and for, uh, yeah, for the yeah, NCAA, right. let's be honest, with every major issue that the NCAA has, they don't care until people make them care. Yeah. Like, they're going to pay players at some point because they're going to have to because laws are now coming into place because it should be illegal for the kind of shit they're pulling. Um they're only changing it because they have to. So they didn't care about the women's tournament. They didn't care about these women's teams. They're changing it because they have to, because the pressure is so great. So that's how they operate. And I got to be honest, looking at the tournament, it's hard for me to get into it on some level, knowing how shitty the NCAA is. It's hard yeah. for me to get into the tournament. It's hard for me to get in college basketball in general. It's hard for me to get into college football. And a lot of times I just go, I'll watch highlights of the kid when it comes to the NFL draft and I'll figure it out there. But I just have a hard time supporting the NCA. Just, just another reason why. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I have a hard time supporting it too. It's not just stupid shit like this where you can't even give the women adequate equipment 
to work out with, even knowing that, you know, their product is pretty damn good. Like, I would put the game I watched the other night of Baylor and UConn to go to the Final Four against any of the men's games I watched the entire tournament. That was exciting. It came down to the last shot. It came down to the last possession. Like, they, they put out a great product. And let's not just say, as human beings, they deserve the same shit because they do the same thing. It's ridiculous. But, uh, like you said, like I have a hard time supporting it, just not for that, but also the, the financial reason. It's very exploitive. The way they do everything in that entire culture, it's like, I want to make billions of dollars off off you. We can have a crazy state of the art uh, facilities at these schools, but then these kids don't make a dime. And then you want to throw them out or completely get rid of their eligibility if they go and get a sandwich from somebody else. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. That's, that's what really bothers me. I I, I understand the uh, competitive a- atmosphere of being able to give the kids salary. Right? Like, I kind of get it. I think they should. Um, I don't know if there's a good way to do it right now, but like, you're gonna tell me they can't make money off a YouTube channel for what? Well, he's not in his jersey. He's not wearing his uniform. Like, or she? Like, get the hell out of here! Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, how do you have that workplace control anywhere else? I, I was, dude, the military. The, the when you're active duty military, it's literally the most controlled job you can ever do. If they tell you you're not leaving your room tonight, you're not leaving your room tonight. But you know what they can't tell me? I can't have a YouTube channel and make money. Like, they literally can't tell me I can't make money on it the outside unless I was doing something crazy, like, yeah, whatever. But, like, if you get just a sitting off OnlyFans, but anyway. Yeah, like, like these these kids can't have podcasts and make money off it. Like, yeah, that's insane. Get out of here, man. It's unbelievable. And here's the other thing, too. They're starting that video game back up, NCAA football, and yeah. all these people are geeking out about that. But, they got the game canceled initially because they were having the players in the game. They just weren't using their names, just using number 15, who happens to play quarterback at Florida and is a big, stocky white guy at 6'6". <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, okay. So they were doing that before. Now they're going to try to get around it and say, well, all of the players are going to be randomly generated is what they're trying to sell. When those games come out, are you going to tell me that Eastern Michigan, just through random generation, has the chance to be as good as a Penn State or an Ohio State. I mean, hey, they're just randomly generating them. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be no level playing field. It's all still going to be based on some level of the programs and what they do. And so they just, they could have used that to pay on some portion the kids. They're not paying the kids. Figure something out. Like, and and like, like I said, like, I don't think it'd be fair if Duke went to a kid and said, y'all give me $9 million to play for me this year. Like, eh, that gets a little weird. But, like that says, like, split it up. Send it somewhere. Like, I, I don't know. Get them fancier food. Like, do something. Like, because, and I get it. I mean, personally, I say I would take care, take advantage of the free education, but I wouldn't. I know that for a fact. Um, I remember how I was in high school. But oh, it, yeah. it is nice. Like, for, for a non-star player who maybe doesn't have a lot of money, who gets a, who gets a uh, uh, scholarship, and that's his way of going to school without getting debt. Like, that's good for him, right? It, it's nice for him. You know, it, it might give him a, a step up because he doesn't have student loan debt or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not enough, man. These guys are they're going to school yeah. and busting their ass. I get paid to go to school, literally. I get paid yeah. a monthly fee to go to school, I don't understand and it's why too much on me. Thing. 
I don't understand why that's not well, a thing it, in college so it, athletics. Apparently, like a scholarship. It's, maybe that scholarship should come with a stipend that's like twenty five hundred bucks a month. Apparently, when, it is depending on your grades or what you know. Apparently, there is. Apparently, some of the scholarships have like food stipends or something, so you don't have. But it's like it's not like, uh, it's like making minimum wage. Apparently, like it's not worth it. You know what I mean? So they had these little like just. Hook these guys up, man, or girls up. Like it's it's it, just do it. Well, yeah, you, you got to help them out. You got to give them some sort of relief here because these people they come and they play. And yeah, the scholarship's free, all right, but they do need to feed themselves, yeah. and they're dealing with different travel expenses here and there, going home to see their families and stuff. And you're not getting any help. And when the organizations help you, when an assistant coach comes out and goes like, "Yeah, I'm just going to give this kid a couple hundred bucks under the table, pay his rent or his phone bill." Well, then it's a massive investigation, and there's hell to pay for it. So the, the whole thing is a joke. Weissman got in trouble for it. Yeah. Because ex- his family needed help, so they moved them. It's crazy. Yeah, God forbid a coach goes before, to his player and helps him out. Before Whatchamacallit was a coach. Did you know that? Oh, he was yeah, just yeah, like was an alum. Was he just an alum? He was an alum. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And these guys, it's not even like... They're going to school as athletes, and they're getting all of the best classes and encouraged to be in the best majors. It's all about getting the grades to pass, and we all know that, and it's been well documented. I mean, look at like the University of North Carolina and all the crap that they were running up there with all these fake programs and courses and tutors doing the work for them. Exactly. That's so abundant. So if you're going to say the argument is the education, but you're not supplying a true education then you're not really giving them the scholarship anyway. Like no. you're just having them work for free and it's all these caveats around it. So the whole thing is just it's a total fraud. Yeah, I think you're right. But uh just to pivot slightly, because we were still talking NCAA, we're talking about the tournament. Before we get out of here, we always have tales from the press box. So we always have to recount stories or things that tickled our fancy that we saw. And speaking of the NCAA tournament, I like to ask you guys and I'll go as well. Of all the tournaments you've seen or maybe checked out or there was a story there, what team do you think was like one of the best Cinderella stories? Like, hey, I don't even watch this and I got behind that team and that, that kind of that was a feel good moment. For me, I remember uh not too long ago, several years ago, it was the uh, Butler Bulldogs and Gordon Hayward and all of them and missing that final <laughs> word by that one basket that nicked off the rim. And, like, you were heartbroken for that team, and you didn't even, like, I I don't know anybody that goes to the butler or haven't ever been to <laughs> Well, now AJ. AJ, Iezzy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so he's, like, he's a butler guy. Yeah. So it was like, I haven't Is that how you say his name? Hey, Iezzy. It's an I. I know it's an I now. Or Yeezy? I forget. It's I, been a while. I should know. My Italian, my Italian I, should be coming I, out and saying Yeezy, Yeezy. I, I don't know. Yeah. But Sorry, For AJ. me, it was that Butler Bulldog <laughs> team. I, I, I really kind of got behind them. I thought that was crazy. Their whole run, uh, getting all the way to where they went. I think they were like a 7 or 8 seed. Like it was really low. But um, that was the most uh, exciting one for me because I really thought they had a chance to win the whole thing and then to miss on – a quarter of an inch hitting the front of the room is just crazy. Yeah, there's certain players that you connect with from mm-hmm. time to time. I mean, the first guy, and, and really the guy that did it the most, was, I remember Steph Curry at Davidson. Like oh, yeah. I, I think that's yeah. for a lot of people. Like He really popped, and when you saw him play like that at a school that, I'll tell you, at the time, I had never in my life yeah, heard And I Davidson. respected that because mm-hmm. we all know he could have went to Duke like if he wanted to. 
Yeah. He's from North Carolina. His dad, I believe, went there. He could get in there without a problem. And he said, I want to go to the small school, be the big fish in the small pond, and make a name for myself. And he did that. So yeah, watching him do that, man. Do, do they that. get to, like, they, the Elite Eight or yeah. something? I mean, they, they did a lot of damage, and he looked great. That was so much fun. That was a great one. So my favorite run, which isn't a Cinderella story at all, was Mike Bibby's Arizona team. Um, I loved that team when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. I really did. Uh, the Cinderella story, and I might get killed for this because I don't think she's the most popular person anymore. But wh- who, the college that Sister Jean's at, oh, they, Loyola, Maryland. Loyola, Maryland. Right. They made Loyola, Chicago Loyola, or something like Chicago. that. They won a, a couple. Loyolas. They won a couple games <laughs> one year. Chicago Areolas. What is it? If you won Areola, I'll show you. They they won a couple games one year, like maybe one or two. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And, like, you could tell, like, she was really happy and stuff. I'm like, she's probably going to die. So, like, this is cool to see her team. But she's still alive. So now it kind of takes the thrive out of it. But that year. (laughs) It's better if you just dropped dead. I would have enjoyed it way more if she died. Oh, she got this little win right before she croaked. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, it felt so cool. Like, this lady's, like, 170. Why is she back? And it, it was oh, years. Isn't as fun anymore. It had to be like three or four years ago. This lady was like 170, and you could see like she really like she was happy and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, all right, good for her. And then she just keeps coming back. And then she was back this year. Yeah. And nothing against. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if it's a her thing, but I feel Be- what you're saying. She was overexposed. Is the problem of it right? Right now, she's kind of become the story more than the team. That's um, what they like to and do. And you do that yeah. for like a year. A little bit, that's fine, right? But now, like, I don't even know. Like, this year I didn't pay attention. I, I won't lie. But I don't know a player on that team. But I know Sister Jean. Yeah. And that that's the thing that kind of sucks. But the first time I saw it, I was like, that's cool. Yeah, it might be one of those things where the team is, generally speaking, like none of those guys are worthwhile players. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if that's the case, there's not a story. That's what you talk about. She's become the mascot. I mean, I saw bobbleheads of Sister Jean floating. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about bobbleheads of a 101 year old nun, it, like <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that's that's a lot of sister I, Jean. And it got even crazier because it, it seemed like it became like a challenge or like <laughs> like something to like to fight about. Because you'd have all right, the sister Jean would come out, and I don't, I'm not sure if they played Villanova or somebody like that. But we had, I think it was Villanova in that tournament where they won the whole thing, where we brought out another like 100 year old man who was like, "Oh, we'll see your sister Jean." <laughs> the Eagles, did it, the Eagles do that with the Vikings? I think that's what it was. Yeah, that's yeah, what the Vikings was. had. The, the whole Vikings, the Vikings thing, had the no, the Vikings had an old lady. They had an old lady, then we brought out some old men. And we beat them, we brought out some old people like, hey, who can have the oldest fans? Exactly, oh, we got you. We'll see you, 100-year-old lady. We got a 105-year-old man. Let's go. (laughs) I was like, yeah, this cannot be a thing, really. You try to match sentimental moments. Every city's just dragging their oldest person out to the stadium every week. Hey, Mary Pat, let's go. Dodgers got a game next week. Let's go. This person's 114 years old. <laughs> In ten years, it just it oh, just evolves to guys digging up grave sites so they see that they're buried in their it's Eagles gonna, jerseys and stuff. It's gonna get to a point where, like, man of his internet. So one of the old folks is going to drop dead on national TV in front of everybody. I, did you say I'm into that? <laughs> That's not what I was into, man. No, I was just like into the fact that you're surprised. Uh, like you thought she was going to die, and you'd be like, "Oh, that'd be a I, by, yeah. by, and, <laughs> and like, just please sooner if, or later, it's going to happen. Only <laughs> one of them is going to. For all six people listening right now, like I don't <laughs> want Sister Jean to die. I just thought it would be a night like it was the story at the time. We're like, it's all right, this lady. Ride, it's been nice Jean, that she can finally see it. Yeah. 
I would just like her to disappear now. She uh, needs to be out of the spotlight. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah it's Phil. <laughs> oh, goodness. Fucking well, Sister Jean. It's a lot of Sister Jean. Yeah. If I mean, you're a big fan, fan of Oral, or Oral, uh, <laughs> Oral Roberts, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. Yeah, watching lots do, do of. Do they have a Do they have a mascot or an old person? No, that would be a bad look. <laughs> I don't know what kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like some 100 year old hooker or something. I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what would magic. I don't even know what their, their know. mascot is. I don't know. I just know Taylor but, left at the oh, like, man, worst but, time ever because I was gonna be like, "Yo, wrap this up," but I looked over, he's just gone. <laughs> That being said, it's been great to be here with you guys, going insane. As always, I'm Bobby Dubs. You can find me on Twitter at youngsbud1385. I don't know. I may change it to at Oral Rob. I'm still (laughs) contemplating. Or on Twitter at Rob Writer. As always, go get the book, Hope Over Hurt. That's on Amazon. Uh, Rob Manoff, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on man. Uh, uh, <laughs> you find me on. Y'all got me all <laughs> fucked up. You can find me on Twitter at manoffrm. Um, if you want, if you hear this tonight, you can go over and find me. Um, I'll be covering the Sixers and the Nuggets game tonight. Uh, so I'll be doing pregame press with Doc Rivers probably like seven thirty ish, and then trying to stay awake through the Nuggets game and doing the postgame press for hopefully a W. Um, and you know, like everybody, you can. Check out the site, Last Out Media, and you'll see a recap or a story or, I don't know, I'll do something after the game. There you go. Uh, an obituary for Sister Jean. No, no, <laughs> just, just no. Get ready. Just, I just don't get want it. anyone oh, to die. I don't Sorry, want anyone to die. Just put it in I'm your not drafts. wishing death like, on anyone. Happens, boom, you can put it out. You can yeah. top hit on that story. Just, Breaking news. We're out man up. Sister Jean kicks the bucket. Yeah, like, no, no, no. Just <laughs> let her fade away. I'm leaving. <laughs> I quit. Where can we find the lovely Vince Gwynn? All right. Well, primarily, you can find me here at Last Out Media. So, lastoutmedia.com. Yes, at Last Out Media. But if you want to hit me up personally, at It's Vince Quinn, you know, the CBS Sports Radio stuff, WIP here and there. So, I'm, I'm all over the place. Thank you very much. Well, that's it for You want to give out your phone number, too? We can. Uh, let's see. What do <laughs> we got here? If you were to I, text him, though, just make sure you lead with, uh, hey, I'm a big fan of Oral Roberts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. We'll see you guys. in your dream call. Yeah. And the visual is stunning. I hope they document what I'm becoming. Congratulations.